senses can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning. Ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support. Empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated. My voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying without hesitation. I love what I do. That's why. EY. Mom, I got the job! She got the job! Who got the job? She got the job. She got the job. <laughs> Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. Hello, my name is Rayan Terry. I am the Human Resource Director at the Stepstone Group. We employ about 3,800 people across the globe and we use AI to match the right candidate to the right job. We make an impact on young people because the importance of loving your job and where you work is so incredibly important to societies. This is my duvet flip where you'll learn about me, my career journey, my transatlantic career journey throughout my conversation here with young Jack. So how, thank you for having me. How are we? We're well. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good because you're here, but I've also got a new mug. Do you like it? I love it. Uh, are you familiar with the brand? I am familiar with me the brand. Me too. Yeah. Total jobs. Okay. I want to I wanna start with, this is going to be a roller coaster. I know we've got 20 minutes and we've got a little break and then 20 minutes again, but I think we're going to get through so much I'm here for uh, it. today. So I want to start here. Your career journey in 60 seconds. Where did it start? Just run through, run through your career journey with me in 60 seconds. 60 seconds. My first job, I was a receptionist at my mom and dad's beauty salon in my tiny town in Lansing, Michigan. I worked there through high school, so through 18. And then I went to university at Arizona State, so about 4,000 miles away from my hometown to work and pay for schools and lodging and books. I was a receptionist and then managed a spa there. I then decided to move again and I went to Chicago and I realized real quick Chicago was expensive so I took a job as a waitress at a little dive bar, so beers and wings, um, until as I searched for my first big career move. I got really lucky and I was asked to participate in Target's leadership program. Target's a very cool company back in North America. I was there for five years and then something inside of me wanted to go to Europe. I don't know what it was. And so I left Target because they didn't have anything international. And I took the job at Groupon, hoping if I worked my butt off, maybe I could have the opportunity to move. Moved to London two years into Groupon, where I was here, had 13 countries to support as HR. And I've been with the Stepstone Group for two and a half. And I think that was 60 seconds. Wow. Wow. What a career. And what a fantastic 60 seconds, and there's so many questions I've now got, which is great. I want to talk, I want to start by that first job because I believe your first job is so important, it's so scary that when you go into your first job. Yorn was a receptionist. Tell me a little bit about what did you do to how did you get that job? Because it was with your it was with your mum and your mum and dad's salon, but when you was in the job, what was the lessons you learned? Before, what did you, what's something you you didn't know before you got into the role, and then when you did the role, you you realised that you learned that you wish everyone else knew. 
I think the biggest learning was the importance of magic in the interactions with people. So I watched my mom and dad, every customer that came in, like it was just special and they took the time to understand. But then I also took, they took the time to understand the staff. So the team and the employees. And I think, of course, we know on paper the importance of customer service, but I think I learned there, like it's not service, it's, it's magic and it's seeing the people. Um, but then I also learned that at the end of the day, it's a business first. And you, you can't have magic and you can't treat people well if you don't have a good balance sheet. And so like really understanding the importance of smart business decisions allows you to, to treat people well. I get that totally. And I want to break them two down because now in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, magic. You need the magic, but you need the business commercial sense when you go for a job. So let's talk about the magic side of going for a job. So what does that magic, what, if I said to you, okay, I want to take some of your magic, let me buy some of your magic from you. What are the three things that that magic makes up of to make that really good experience when going into a job or going in to meet someone or your first day in your job or your second day, whatever that is. What is that magic made up of? What's that formula? Good question. Um, I think first it's got to come from inside. And so I think magic is like finding the joy in the moment. And that's, that's a, that's a personal experience. So you can't really give or experience or give until you have it yourself. So I think finding joy, there's magic there. I think loving and connecting with the person in front of you is really important. And I guess that kind of the third is kindness. So how you bring that, whether it's a customer, whether it's an employee, whether it's anything, a stranger on the street, the person, the barista, find the joy in the moment, treat the person in front of you like a person and kindness and, and try to connect as well as you can. Wow. And that is the first step of making magic and seems easy said, but actually when you break it down, there's not much. Let's, I want to talk a little bit about kindness. I'm okay. going to talk about the business side of it in a minute. We're going to, in this conversation, you can see we're going to, we're going to go like this. Kindness. What does kindness mean to you? And how can someone show kindness when they're going, for, going into the workplace? Because it's everywhere in terms of it's written on walls. You go down, you go down the station, you see, be more kind. But are we really practicing kindness? What is kindness to you and how do we get the nation and the country and the world being a bit more kind? I mean, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure there. Um, I, do, I do think kindness is overused. I do think kindness is tough to quantify and I think it's also could be subjective. Um, for me, it comes to, there's a gentleness, I think, that's behind kindness and that gentleness could be towards a, a wider group or society or again the individual in front of you. Um, I think kindness is understanding that everyone's got their own journey and their own path and maybe what you see has nothing to do with how they're feeling and so if you have to err, err on being gentle, um, I think that kindness in a, in a wider thing is just welcoming those around you. And it's not about you, it's about them. And, and, you know, again, we'll use the barista is that person serving you coffee. Like they had to flip their duvet that morning. They had to get out of bed. They might be tired. They might be heartbroken. They might be whatever. So that moment is equally about, of course, me getting what I'm ordering and, and, and that coffee, but there's a human being in front of me that exists in he or she's own right. And my job is to kind of like worship and honor that. Absolutely. And not judge as well, right? Because that person totally. who is making a skinny cappuccino for you is also at doing a, a law degree or a science degree and is going to potentially create the next cure. Yeah. And, and they might want a skinny cappuccino at that moment too. Yeah. But right now they don't get to have it because they're taking care of me. And how many times now is it? you know, as a leader now and as HR, is it's now my turn to take care of people. I think, I think to go back to the question is like, how are we kinder as a broader society, country, workplace, whatever that may be, is like, take care of the folks around you in any way that you can. And I believe that that will multiply into kindness. 
And can you be kind to someone if you don't have the joy internally? Yes. Yes, I think you can. I think you can give some. I think you can give something you don't have. I think we should show kindness even when we're not maybe feeling joy. But it is so much easier to give when your own cup is is full. And so, when in doubt, focus on filling your own cup first, because then it makes kindness and it makes love and it makes giving so much easier. I think you can do it without your own internal joy or your own internal awareness of divinity, whatever we're looking for. But it's a lot easier if your own cup's full. So you can, everyone can give kindness, but if your cup's more full, you can give more love and more kindness. For sure, a lot oh, easier. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And that is the definition of the magic. I think so. Yeah, I agree. I so let's so. let's talk about. I want to talk about the other side now. Yeah. The business decisions yeah. and how do you make a decision like what made you make that decision to go and work for your mum's dad's salon and then step away from that thousands miles away was it thousands of miles away it was four like four thousand two hundred and seventy eight or something wow like what like what made you like that's a business decision that you made a professional decision what goes into making that decision why did you make that decision? And what's your advice to young people who are about to make a decision or they've made a decision and they think it's wrong? Okay, so first, I, let's take off the table the concept of there's a wrong decision. Yeah. Because there's not. The world is not binary. There's not right or wrong decisions. There's paths that you're going to take and maybe you'd rather be on a different one and then just turn around and take a different one. So I think like the pressure that anyone, young kids, 90-year-old people, the pressure that we put on ourselves of right or wrong, I think is not going to serve us long-term. Um, for me, I did move across the country. I've moved a lot. I've made a couple, I've made multiple 4,000-mile trips. Um, and I think for me, what I would advise any young person, whether they want a big move or a small move, is like, listen to your belly, listen to your body. What what makes you curious? Where does your energy lie? Listen to the patterns within yourself. Um, I think it's really easy to get caught up on what is expected of you. I think it's really easy to get caught up in right or wrong, good or bad. Your body knows, you know, give yourself the space to listen to, to your heart. And listen to your heart in the moment. Because yeah. what your body and what your mind and what your heart was saying a year ago Maybe different to what you're saying there. Yeah, and the beauty of the world and, 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 and the advice that I would give is like allow yourself the curiosity that what you wanted a year ago might be different. And that's awesome. It means you've grown up and you've changed. And, and I also think that that concept alone of what you wanted a year ago in your career, in your life, in anything is going to be different. That evolution by itself, you can show kindness and gentleness to yourself because you're evolving and, 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 you, and you can't really mess it up that bad. And what's, what does curious mean to you? Because I've in, interviewed a number of leaders a bit. We, we had the president of Google on and he said the second same thing to you, be curious. But how can someone be curious? I'm a big believer you can't be what you can't see. Uh, and you, if you've got no, I call them real models, not role models, real models. Have real people around you who are kind, honest, will challenge you, will bring you up, will lift you up. Uh, we use this saying, when someone goes low, go high. I've heard it. And how can you find that around you when you actually, you're, you're, you might be living in a council estate or your, your inspiration around you is limited? Where do you go to search for that that curiosity and that? that edge. I'm really glad you just asked that because a lot of the things that I have just said come from a, a, a place of stability or privilege. To love yourself, to find the magic and all of those things. Sometimes you also have to have a job because life's really scary and there's bills to pay. And so I think it's really important that when we say, you know, Google, these big names, these, 
be curious. I understand that it's really hard if you are in a situation where you can't pay rent. That is a mind boggling concept. To do what you love is ridiculous to think about if you can't figure out how to eat. And so I think for me is like, it's okay to first and foremost, take a job, take care of yourself, pay your basics. The Maslow's hierarchy has to come first, no matter, no matter what, and, and be gentle with yourself. If you're in a stage of life where you have to focus on those basics, focus on those basics, and then allow curiosity, if that makes sense. Um, so I think like, how do you be curious is like, ask a ton of questions, get to know the people around you and curiosity and kindness can come pretty close to hand in hand. Allow yourself to maybe daydream about different paths you could be, different versions of yourself you can be. Um, but again, I, I want to acknowledge that curiosity and magic and love, sometimes that's not, you, it doesn't feel possible all the time if you're, if you're going bills to bills or paycheck to paycheck. So if you are going bills to bills, paycheck to paycheck, just focus to take one step forward. You might not have all the kindness, all the magic, all the, the, the fantastic job working where you want, but as long as you're moving forward. And I think like you can, we all say like do what you love, which is of course important, but like you can also love what you do. You can also just, you know, I was a, I was a, a terrible waitress, great salesperson, which is a different conversation, terrible waitress, but I loved, I loved, you know, the, 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 I loved cutting the lemons. I loved cutting the lemons for the hours that I had to cut the lemons before the shift. Like I loved that. Is it what I love to do more than anything? No, it was paying the bills, but I found that moment to be something that I could really cherish interacting with the patrons, standing on the corner, trying to get people to come into the bar. Like I loved what I was doing, even if I wasn't doing what I love. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Uh, I think that is a really lovely way of looking at it. And I always use this saying, cheers and chores. Yeah. In every job there's cheers and chores. And no matter what job you have or what job you do, there's always gonna be the cheers and chores. And, pe and people only see sometimes the success of stuff, for totally. instance, you come here in here it, it took me an hour to make sure this white floor was clean this morning before you comes like, oh, you're coming up better clean it uh, kind of thing so it, it's, you don't see the behind the scenes the grafting the cutting the lemons the, the amount of nose on that corner of that bar that you got before people actually said yes and come in and you're like okay, i need to get people in but i've just walked 10 people just walked past and said no thank you kind of thing so it's taking that into consideration isn't it Absolutely. And I think taking into consideration, we all look for inspiration everywhere. You know, I, we all have our favorite songs or authors or leaders. Those, those, those authors probably had a lot of pages they threw away and those songs were probably terrible many a time. And those leaders probably fell on their face many a time. I have, we all have. And so, yeah, we put into the world the cheers, but the cheers only come, you know, you got to earn the champagne. The cheers only come with, with the chores. Yeah. Absolutely. So along with loads of air miles that I'm seeing now, you've got, you've got a, a nice air mileage. What made you want to come to Europe? Like you said, you had this urge. You said you didn't know what it was, but you said, I, I want to get out there. So you had the destination Europe and then you landed, was it landed in London? Is landed it? in London. Um, I studied abroad in London, Dublin, and Edinburgh. I'm sure someone's going to tell me I did not pronounce that last one correctly. Um, Don't worry, I can't. And I I, I'm, from, I'm from England, so it doesn't matter. It's the boroughs. UK. <laughs> um, so I found being in Europe a better version of myself. Um, I was a bit calmer, a bit more curious. I don't know why to this day, and I've thought about it, can't forget why. So every day for 10 years, and I'm not kidding, every day I told anyone that would listen, I'm gonna move to London, I'm gonna move to London, I'm gonna move to London. I would apply from America with no visa to be like a cashier at Tesco, but I didn't realize that like you need a visa, to, that's, that's never gonna happen from a right to work standpoint. But um, yeah, I wanted to move to Europe. I landed in London and I've been here for six years. And you should have used Total Jobs sooner. Why? <laughs> now, now that I know what a work visa is, yeah. I would have done things differently, but I didn't know. So that, that must have been scary, though, from 
moving from America to London, what is your advice to anyone who's ste- like, I'm taking London, you move that move, but moving into your into a job, moving, changing jobs, moving into a new team, stepping into that community, that new way of life, it can be overwhelming, can be scary. How did you build your love as quick as you can? How did you build your your way? And what you said you don't know what made you karma, but what are the things that you did when you came to London? that you believe could have been the things that made you karma in terms of a bit more reflective, a bit more curious? I think, um, and this sounds kind of silly and basic, but I, I slept eight hours a night. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but you know, that feeling before your first day of the job and you're shaking because you don't have any friends and you don't know where the bathroom is and you don't know, are you gonna eat lunch that day? Like it's, a, it's, it's the worst feeling. And so I think a lot of it is taking care of yourself and the basics, sleep, nutrition. Um, I think once you get into the door or into the new city, latch on to the first person that shows you kindness, latch on to the first person that teaches you the ropes. That person might not be your best friend forever, but search, seek the person, the people that are going to help you because they're everywhere. When I first moved here, um, one of the guys on my team, there was a really intimidating falafel shop down the street and I was, terrified how to order a falafel in London. That is terrifying. Thank you. It was terrifying. And he took me, he walked me to the falafel shop, made sure I had the exact amount of cash because the woman took cash and I watched him do it. Like it was a whole thing, but it was small, but he taught me how to order falafel in London. You latched onto the kindness of falafels, didn't you? I mean, I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it's great food. Um, I'll take you. We'll go to that level. We'll do it. You have to show me. I will. I will. I am nervous. But I latched, you know, you latched on. There's people everywhere that want to help you. There's the, uh, in a new job, there's going to be an IT person who like really sits and helps you when you have the opposite operating system than you're used to. There's always going to be the receptionist or HR or someone that makes sure that you're okay. Stick with those people for a while. You'll find your groups. You'll find your grooves. But be gentle. You're not going to land in a new city or a new country or a new job and like all of a sudden feel comfortable because that's probably not going to happen. But the uncomfortableness is kind of the, the magic of it. Um, you just don't know it when you're in it. And what made you the most uncomfortable moving to London into a new job? I mean, well, I, you don't know anything in a new country. Like you don't know how to get your paycheck because you don't know how to open a bank account. You don't know any of your rights. You don't know. There was no veggie burgers here like there was in America. And so I thought for sure I was going to starve. Um, you, you really, everything you don't know. And so I think that it's just really overwhelming and you kind of baby step it. Where's the grocery store? Where, how do I, how do I get health insurance? How do I sign up for the NHS? Like you, you baby step one at a time and eventually, you know, and there's still, like, I still can't say Edinburgh or Petersburg. Like I've been here six years and I'm still learning. I don't know what you just said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's just, I think you meant a location, but in terms of, I want to ask this question. We're going to take a break and top of our teas and coffees I'll get my coffee. is what is, what I'm a big believer on reflection and uh, not, not over reflecting, but Throughout s- stages, I like to celebrate the small wings as well because we get so bogged down in saying, let's do this, let's do that. Actually, you need to celebrate certain things along the way. What was the first thing you se- celebrated when you, you moved to London? What was your first big win? Any All your small win, what was the first win that you had? Um, the first personal win was walking by myself with no map to Borough Market for lunch and ordering by myself. And I know that that sounds silly, but getting to Borough Market and getting back to my house felt pretty cool. I think professionally, um, one day I realized I could hear the difference in my Italian team's accents between the Italian team from the north or the south. And that felt pretty special. So you could start picking up the different kind of cultures. I could start understanding that 
yeah, I could start understanding the cultures and, and, and how to respect them and worship them and get excited and immerse myself. Um, but, you know, that's an evolution. So I think that that was a small thing that it didn't happen the first day I moved to London, but I realized I was evolving and that felt cool. So navigation and self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So should we top up our teas and coffees and come back in, Let's do it. in six minutes? So we'll see everyone in under six minutes. Stay tuned. nothing clever about selling yourself short. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many people, when you dig into their success stories, look how many failures they had first. And what marks them out is their character. And you can control your character. You know, how you respond to loss, how you respond to adversity. And what was the last thing you lost? My job, um, uh, I suppose. You've got to be honest with yourself, what went wrong. You've got to then have a realistic plan to put it right. And, you know, bags of determination and self-belief. And the fear of failure, I think you've got to get over that. How do you not let that get to you? I wouldn't say love the adversity, but respect that the adversity will make you better. I've been privileged to see you at various different junctures and it was very inspiring then, but look how far you've come. It's amazing. <laughs> and if you just relentlessly focused on moving forward, learning the lessons of life, I think it's a recipe for success. And don't let others dictate to you your view of the world, let alone yourself. I said I wanted to be true to my convictions. I wanted to find the right life partner and give my kids the best opportunities I could. Deutsche Bank is the largest bank in the UK that you have never heard of. You know, the environment's very challenging, I think, for young people. Therefore, seek out every opportunity. Don't underestimate how long it's going to take to get up in the morning. <laughs> and I always say, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. I think when anyone is starting a Saturday job and you're a teenager, the biggest thing is getting out of bed. That commitment piece is really important. We know that there are young people for whom actually going to university, spending three, four years, isn't something that they want to do. They want to get out into the world of work immediately. We've got an operations talent program, lots of different types of ways in which you can actually come into the organization and understand what's available. So go into a meeting looking for that curious conversation. Absolutely. Room. So I think it's always striking a balance between not sort of interjecting at the wrong times or too frequently, whilst at the same time, if you genuinely have something to say that can add to the conversation and to the discussion, you should absolutely say it. So even though I've been at the bank for 25 years, I feel like I've had five different careers. It's a cliche, but really fake it till you make it. We're looking to grow our businesses. That really is the best advice. Finances can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy. Or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles? It takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning, ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support, empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated, my voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying without hesitation, I love what I do, that's why.
E-Y. Mom, I got the job! She got the job! Who got the job? She got the job. She got the job. <laughs> Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs. I'm so excited, I can't tell you, you know, I just want to scream and shout. Have you ever had an experience where you've gone into a job and thought, what have I done? I felt sick to the pit of my stomach that I've made a bad mistake. I mean, I was ashamed to get a final written warning. And it is the ability to be able to take those, um, those situations and genuinely learn from them without letting them destroy you. Today's news is tomorrow's chip paper. So if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. You know, an awful lot is common sense. And one of the surprising things about common sense is it's not very common. Make your choice, make the choice conscious, and then when you are wherever you are, be present when you're present. Am I learning? Can I have influence? And am I going to enjoy this? In any situation, there are things you control and there are things you can't control. You've got more control than you realise, but equally, don't fret about the things you can't control, because that is the definition of madness. There's a real lesson there, isn't it? It's find the miracle in every situation. Yeah, yeah. Failure is not fatal. Your ability to bounce back and be resilient, for me, is the thing that has made me who I am. I've never run so fast to get back to it the was seat. Really stressful. That was. But you've got your cup, which is good. I do have my cup now. Yeah, you've got your cuppa. You've got your cuppa and your, your Is it now if it's coffee, is it still cuppa? No. Or is it only if it's tea? I think it's more of a tea. Mm. Cup of tea? Cup of tea. Or cup they cup pe of Some people do say cup of coffee. Well, I like cuppa. Cuppa's a cuppa's a phrase. Cuppa is good. It's just a cuppa of whatever. Cheers. There you go. Cheers. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about the world today because I try and stay away from the news yeah. from the TV news especially UK TV news you go on there and it's quite negative there's lots going on you have to then go and spend three days doing a class on what it all means That's scary cost of living wars leaders being silly across the country across uh, got, the world across the world how do, you, how do you not get yourself into a negative mindset? I want to start with negative mindset before we go on to a bit about the job and stuff and probation. How do you get up in the morning? Like you showed up here today with a big smile, happy. I feel like you're the most happiest person in the world. I don't know what, ha what you could have been on a, an important call. There might be 500 things going on in your life, but today you showed up. You showed up with grace. You showed up with kindness. And you made me feel even kinder and even more happier. How do you do that? What is, what is that? And how do you not let the negative get to you? Thank you. Um, the world is really scary right now. Um, it stresses me out all of the time. Like, we have some real big macro problems that are facing all of us. Um, I think for one thing is I don't engage in the news. I don't engage in the things all of the time that I know will trigger me or will hurt my feelings. Um, I also think that big scary things and to be fair, really wonderful things. Every, this is temporary. Like if you think of what was happening in the world a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago or what will happen, like this is all, it's just time and time will pass. And I think that not every scary thing is gonna be scary forever and not every great thing is gonna be great forever. And 
I try, not well, but I try every day to know whether it's the best 15 minutes and the best thing that's ever happened or the worst, this too shall pass. Um, but yeah, I don't engage in a lot of it because I can't always comprehend all of it and I can't fix it all. And I have to pick what are the categories I can fix, where can I control it? Um, and I think my recommendation for anyone would be is like, if something feels too much, then maybe it's just too much and just put it down for a little bit. So you choose where you turn up to engage? Yeah, yeah, because I can't engage in everything. And I try some days and then my loved ones are like, just go, don't do that today. Don't do that, no. just go and get a fluffle. Yeah, yeah, thank you, right? There you go. So in terms of job for, jobs, looking for jobs, getting into a job, being in a job, sometimes for some, some individuals at some time in their life, we've all had it, it could be a little bit stressful. I want to talk a little bit about probation because I remember my first job and I didn't know what probation is and it's like, there's a, like a due date, a bit like on the milk. When it's out, there's no more cuppers, it's out of date. What is a probation? How do probations work? And how can young people not be as fearful of probations to start with? There are kind of three questions about probations. Lots of, lots of. We're not talking about probations on the uh, on this show before, so. Oh, so look, there well, you go. what a wild topic. Um, first, I also didn't know what a probation was when I moved here because it is very much a UK slash European country. It's like probation is not a thing in America because America is very heavily right to work, which means um, people can come and go much quicker than here. Um, so a probation essentially is a time period within your contract that you essentially consider it like a trial period. Both the employee and the company can use that time period to make sure it's a right fit. And the reason I stress the employee is that relationship between an employee and the company is a two-way street taking a job and deciding where you want to work is equally as important to you as the candidate as the company or the people interviewing. And so I think don't ever underestimate your role as the employee. The employees is what makes great business and business needs to be great to make money. So this relationship, there's try not to see it as company powerful employee. Oh, I hope I pass my probation. It's a two-way street, and essentially the probation is a time. Um, many companies use it to assess talent. Some companies use it, um, like every company is going to use it different with different levels. I think on the probation, a very tactical tip, not to get nerdy HR, um, read your contract. Make sure you understand any legal document that you're signing, including an employee contract. And what about if you don't understand it? If you what don't do you, understand do you do? it. If you, if you get a contract... First contract you've ever read, what do you, who can you go to to get support? What, what's your advice to people? First, I'm doing quick math on how many people I think are watching and how many people would take me up on this. You guys can email me and I will help. We'll give a generic. We, uh, <laughs> we'll give Josh his <laughs> I was like, hmm, okay. So I think ask, first of all, ask for help. Second of all, um, actually, so Total Jobs is the one of the big UK brands as a part of the Stepstone group. On Total Jobs, there's tons of little easy snippet tips and tricks. One of them, I'm sure, is on probation. And if not, guess what? We can make one. Cool. Um, but like Google it. There's a lot of free legal jargon websites and reach out. Um, you could go to LinkedIn, if, reach out to anyone that has human resources in their title and probably they'll help you. Going back to what we said earlier, People will help you if you ask for help. Just don't hesitate. And if the first person doesn't help you, then somebody will relatively soon, I think. I like that. So a probation is a two-way street and it's not the powerful employer uh, just with the say. At that end of probation, you then decide whether you want to stay as well. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I and, like and, and, and that, you know, the probation sounds really scary because it can be. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, like this company wanted you and offered you a job and you wanted them. So let's go into it assuming that this is going to be the right thing. And I think that try not to be scared of probation. Most companies want you, cost, cost a lot of money to hire someone. So most companies want employees to succeed and employees want to succeed in their company. So I think that it's often um, a lot scarier than, than it needs to be. Show up on time, 
have a really great attitude, ask for help, be a great employee as well as you know how, and, and, and that's all you can do. And ask of the company the same thing. It goes both ways. Absolutely. And what, what normally are the lengths of probations? I know the difference in, every, in different companies, but what's the, stat, what's the best practice that you normally see in terms of like a probation? I would say in the UK, either three or six months. Three or six months, and then usually within that, so let's pretend it's a three-month probation. Normally it says, you know, then you have a week notice. So I, if I decide as the candidate or as the employee I want to leave, I need to give you, the company, a week heads up, or vice versa. The company needs to give you a week heads up. We're after probation, so we're at the three-month and one-day mark, then you're into a different resignation or termination clause, and then usually, let's say, it's a month's notice. That's really one of the biggest differences. A lot of companies, your benefits are going to change, maybe, in or out of probation. It but I would say three to six months is about anything longer than six months, um, ask, ask, ask somebody about. Ask why. Ask why, yeah, ask why. And yeah, that's a great, I should have said that. If you don't understand something in your contract, ask the company that the contract is written from. Ask the person giving it to you. Go there first. Yeah. Sorry, go there first. Ask them why, what does this mean? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I've been a good employee. I've turned up every day. I've made you loads of cuppa, cuppers. Uh, and I've got on with my work. Management like me, team like me. I get to my probation and they say, unfortunately, we can't, we're not keeping you on. Now, for whatever reason, there's different reasons for different companies, and let's not get into that because we'll be going through millions of companies. But I want to talk about, okay, then I've got a box. Does anyone carry a box? Anyway, you know, I've got my bag, I've got my fluffle bag, and I'm, I'm leaving the office, and I go and sit in a coffee shop. What's my next move? What should I be doing? Like, should I never work again? Should I let it defeat me? What was your advice? I think that next thing you do is you go to the coffee shop and you cry and you get mad and you get embarrassed and you let all of the really bad parts of that moment come to you. That's what's going to happen immediately next. In that moment, you're going to get that news and you're, you're gonna, your, your chest is going to feel hot, your blood pressure is going to rise, you're going to want to cry, you're going to want to react. You have to call your family. That sucks. Let it. Let it hurt. Let yourself be scared. Let all the bad emotions come. First thing. So let yourself mourn. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you aren't going to go to the coffee shop 20 minutes after you lose your job and like dust your CV off and then all of a sudden be the best version of yourself. You need to bring the best version of yourself to get the next job. You can only be that if you've allowed all of the parts of yourself to exist and that includes that part that's probably grieving and is really embarrassed or, or hurting that that just happened. So let the morning come, let the embarrassment come. I think depending on where you're at in life, run your numbers. How much, how, how much time do you have here? Is this you need to immediately get a, need to get a job tomorrow, any job whatsoever, then you do that. If you've got a month, then you might take a different path. So know your financial numbers to make sure, can you protect yourself and for how long? And then you dust it off because we've all lost jobs and we've all been made redundant. We've all failed probation. So this too shall pass. I like that. So look at your numbers, look at your, your run rate, yeah. your burn rates, yep. look at what you've got and then go from there. Yeah. And what do I say to my next employer at the next interview about not passing my probation? That, will that hinder me? Huh? No. That scare yeah. me. Like, what should I, like, is that going to make me not get the job? Should I be honest? Should I just not put that company on my CV? What controversial answer I'm going to give. If a company doesn't hire you just on the fact that you didn't pass probation and don't, doesn't, the company doesn't seek to understand the reasons why, is that where you want to be? Is that going to feel like home? Is that going to feel warm? Are you going to find joy there? Probably not. So I think that if a company just says, oh, under six months, no other question, don't care why you lost it, then, then that's maybe not your place. Um, I think how you speak to it is very much going to be dependent on what really happened. 
if you really did something in probation and you got feedback and something that you want to work on and maybe it was your performance, then speak to that and say why. Hey, I struggled with stakeholder management or attendance, whatever it may be. I struggled with X. This is the feedback I got and here's, here's my why. Here's what I've done to change it. If you failed probation because they had a cost cutting exercise, then you're honest with that. So I think I would be honest regardless of what so the reason. own it and go high. Yeah, yeah. So that's, your own, that's the only path forward. So I am also a big believer that feedback is a gift. Totally. But there's sometimes I get feedback and I just don't agree with it. And then I sleep, I have a cuppa, I wake up and go, oh, they're so right. What was the piece of feedback that you got in your early career? that you didn't agree with. You slept on it, had a cuppa, traveled a few thousand miles, and then realized it was, tr it was correct. And how, did you, how do you absorb that feedback and put it into practice? Um, so I had, this is one of my biggest fall on my face moments. I was, I was at Target, I was interviewing to be HRBP, so this job that I had worked hard for and prepared for. Um, and in the interview process, I came off so cocky and so sure of myself and, and I basically got coached on the spot and I didn't pass the interview. And what was super salt in the wound is I came back to my store and they had decorated my office, congratulations, like road was going and no. I was going to get that job and I didn't because I came off really cocky in that interview. Um, I was embarrassed. I definitely took um, the Friday off and cried through Monday morning about seven when I had to go back into the store. Um, and that feedback was really hard. The reflection point is, is yeah, maybe I do come off a little too much or a little too sure of myself in certain situations and, 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 and that cannot feel good to my audience. And so I think that there are parts of the feedback that really hurt. There are parts of the feedback that there's truth to and that I can tailor. Um, and that was 15 years ago, and it still stings when I think about it. I still get embarrassed. Doesn't feel great saying it in front of all of these people here, but that was 15 years ago. I did end up passing the interviews. I did end up getting that job and loving it and moving on and having other successes after that. Learned that maybe, it. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you think a rejection yep. is not a rejection, but a redirection? Well, I guess it depends on what it was. Um, was this a redirection for you? No. So that was a double down. I still wanted that job. I still thought I could pass that interview. And that was still the path that I really, really, really wanted at the time. And a path that later brought me to London and so on and so forth. So to me, that didn't redirect me. It made me more humble. It made me be more gentle, um, especially with the folks around me. But I do think that there's many a rejection or many a time if, if I look, I, I have failed almost everything the first time. I've really thought about that. And that's, that's a bummer. Would have been nicer the first time. But sometimes it redirects you. Sometimes life sends you on a different journey. And sometimes the failure says, heck yeah, this is what I want. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try again. And we'll just keep trying and trying. And you just keep trying and trying. And how do you keep trying and trying and not let, I want to talk a little bit about mental health. How do you manage your mental health? How, what, what does mental health look like to you in the workplace? And how can people support each other in terms of employees supporting employees, but employees supporting employees as well? I read a post yesterday about mental health and I said, employees should do more to help uh, people with their uh, mental health. We're seeing an increase. I don't want to get into the the, uh, the therapist side of stuff, but just what do you do to like be more fulfilled and look after your mental health? Yeah. Um, I think first that I do, I get eight hours of sleep. Um, your, your famous eight hours of sleep. It's really important. Um, and so I think that like ultimately we are all going to need something different for our own mental health because of course what matters to one is going to be different than the other. For me, I try to, um, you know, I, I try to eat and drink things that are going to serve me well. Doesn't happen great every time, but I try to be conscious of it. I try to move my body. 
we know and moving the body can be walking here to your house today mm-hmm. from my house versus the original plan of a t- of a taxi i walked so i think move your body in whatever way that that feels fun for you whether it's spin class crossfit walking whatever so move eat healthy drink water the basics um i think find little joyful moments because life is hard especially in the workplace oh my gosh it can be really stressful play with people touch people embrace people um I think that those little bits really make a difference of mental health over time at work. Absolutely. And I, I want to talk a little bit about the Stepstone group. Yeah. Like, tell me a little bit about the Stepstone group. And I'm, I'm, I'm obviously navigating my, my own kind of journey around the Stepstone group. And as you, like, kind of learn more and you meet more people, I've met some of your team. It's just like, wow, it's like a, a fantastic organisation. But tell, in your words... What, why did you join the Stepstone Group? How does to, uh, Total Jobs link in? Tell, just tell me, how big is it? Like how many, how many employees and, yeah. and stuff? It's a pretty cool company. So there is about, I think, 3,800 employees. I'm sure someone will correct me. So, and we're all over the globe. So what's really cool about the Stepstone Group is we've got these external brands, Total Jobs Group here in the UK is the biggest known one. Irish.ie in Ireland, Peanut in South Africa. So we have these external brands that the average customer or client on the street would recognize. But then behind closed doors, we all kind of represent those brands and these beautiful little nuances of personalities behind the brands. But then we've got a really great value set and, and resources and support of a big company as well. So it's a lot of companies that have come together into the Stepstone group. And essentially what we do is, again, we're a job tech platform. So we want to use all the technology, looking at the data in the labor market. What are the trends? What are candidates looking for? And what are companies looking for? And how do we use really smart technology to, to bridge those two? What really attracted to me to the company is the mission and or a vision is like building happier and more prosperous societies through the way of work and think about it. Like think of how it feels when you get that job offer and you like meet your friends to go celebrate or think of how it feels when you've just like smashed the day because everybody around you is in a good mood and you love with your values. You go home and you're a better daughter, partner, friend. Like the world is better. Cat owner. Yeah, <laughs> everything. So I think for me, like the, the you know, the belief that Stepstone has of the importance of finding the right job for everyone is, is really inspirational because you are at work a lot of hours of your life. And um, it's pretty cool that we try to make those hours happy and prosperous ones. And what's one thing, one reason why a young person should apply for a job that they see at Stepstone or Total Jobs? I mean, it's a good time. I think every company is probably going to say the people, um, the values. So our values were written bottoms up, which means all of the employees at the time participated in building them and writing them. They weren't written in an executive board suite with no one else's opinion. It was bottoms up. We believe in our values. Um, one that I would bet if I had asked all of the employees, name one value, they're all going to say we are kind. As, 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 as one of the first ones, we act with a revolutionary heart. I really like that one. And essentially what that means is like, we, we have an ambitious, of course, it's a business. So we're ambitious. We want to make money. But how we do that and how bold we push things into the market of like, let's make money by putting people in the right job. Let's make sure that like, if you live in a town and Northern Ireland that maybe doesn't have any jobs, but you are connected and you have visibility into like a cool job that's in London that you can work remote. All of those little things that impact it. And so I think that you can be in a career that you really love with a set of values that I think most people could probably stand behind. And like, it's, it's a good time. It's good people. And change lives. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We've only got time for two more questions. OMG. I- and then we can go and get some uh, pasta. pasta. Yeah. So you're sitting here now and you're looking, there's a mirror behind me, you're looking into the mirror and you can see your 21-year-old self. 
but you're you now and you want to give some advice to your 21 year old self what do you look into that mirror and tell tell your 21 year old self that's funny because just yesterday this came up with a friend there um, you go yeah <laughs> i would tell my 21 year old self you are going to be bolder more flawed and more untamed than you think and that's going to be okay and i would tell my 50 year old my 50 year old self telling my now 38 year old self you're going to be bolder you're going to be more flawed you're going to be untamed um so i think be gentle with yourself god willing we all age and we get to change and become more flawed and untamed and so i think my 21 year old self would be quite in awe and i think my future self I don't know. It's rooting for me, I guess. That's really cool. You know what I tell my 21-year-old self? What? D don't eat Maltesers for breakfast. I mean, you can do something. It's so good for you. <laughs> and my final, final question is, what's your duvet flip? What gets you out of bed in the morning to flip the duvet? The, the, the privilege that I can. And I... What adventures I could face and what I could or see that I didn't do the day before and I can only know that if if I get up and if I go try the privilege that you can isn't that empowering the privilege that you can we can get out of bed today and if you can we'll go try let's 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 see what happens you know and I'm just gonna finish off to say I, I got a message from your assistant I did say that and what she says on her message is totally what you are. So thank you for being kind, open, loving, caring, and coming with so much grace and happiness. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Finances can sometimes feel a bit puzzling. Maybe it's that confusing car insurance policy or working out the right protection for your health, home and family. Or feeling unsure if your pension is on the right path. Aviva can help make these conundrums click. Helping solve your financial puzzles it takes Aviva. Is what you're doing still doing it for you? I am EY. For a purpose that inspires me. And a culture that accepts. For a team that relies on me and makes me better for it. Knowing I'm always respected for being absolutely me. For my work to have meaning, ideas becoming actions and my direction my own. For leaders that challenge, guide and support, empowering me to be all I can and bring everything I am. My skills accelerated, my voice amplified. For always feeling heard and saying, without hesitation, I love what I do. That's why. EY. Mom, I got the job! You got the job! Who got the job? <laughs> Ready! She got the job! She got the job! She got the job! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Find your I got the job job on Total Jobs.